You can support the Dungeon Masters Dojo in some very simple ways. Be patronizing, like Lou, and become a patron on Patreon and unlock exclusive patron content. Or if you're like Scott and long-term commitment is an issue, you can buy us a sake, shop our merch page for DMD swag, or use our drive through RPG affiliate link next time you shop drive through RPG. Or visit us on the web at the DungeonMastersDojo.com. There, you'll find links to all the above. Don't forget to email us and say hello. Thanks for listening. The door is locked. Grognar, no matter how many times you throw yourself against the door, it doesn't budge. Scott, your character's rogue. Unlock the door. Meh, I'm not there. I'm looting the chest. Please pay attention. I told you already. Twice. You couldn't get it open. Yes, I can. Nope, phone's ringing. Hold on. <sighs> Breaking up is hard to do, but sometimes it's necessary. It's five signs. It's time to kick a player from your table. This week on the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robotile. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Bill, can you talk to Scott, please? I'm going to pull him aside. Well, I've already had those conferences on the side a few times. It may be time to take more drastic measures. I don't remember. It's because you're drinking. It's just my first one. <laughs> and you already <laughs> forgot. That's old age. Lightweight. It's our last full day in Maine. It is. Yes, it is. And editor Frank Wieden and newbie Ben have left, and we missed them already. Yep. And Rody Sin is, I don't know where he is. I think he's shoveling the drive. Oh, well, that's good. Got to give him something to do. That's right. Makes him feel wanted. Yes. <laughs> and I don't want to do it. Neither that's, do I. Yeah, that's why we brought a roadie. We it, loaded down. You see how, how stooped over uh, editor Frank Veden, Frank Veden was with all those episodes we did? Well, that's because he's eight feet tall, and the ceilings are only seven feet tall. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm blaming the amount of content we put together. That's got <laughs> forced on us. Yeah. So there. <laughs> but now we're doing a little bit of our regular content. Yeah, we, we might as well because we were already told that we can't meet on Monday because we've been gone for a week. Yeah, the beer fairy put her foot down and uh, and put up a barrier, an anti-podcast barrier at the front door. So And we failed our saves. And we failed. Well, you guys did. I still have to go in. <laughs> Sometimes some players just aren't a good fit. We've all met them. Oh, yeah. They may be great people. Oftentimes they are outstanding friends. Again, true. But just a poor match at the table with your group. That's when it's time to decide if that player should stay or go. That's a hard decision to make. But this is assuming you have ruled out things like them not knowing the game well enough, being a new player, or not being aware of the expectations, such as house rules and, of course, rules of the house, which are two totally different things. 
So these are some of our points. So let's start it off, shall we? They contribute little to the game. Yeah, the um, they're just kind of there. The only time they do something or say something is when it's it's your initiative. What are you going to do? And they look up from whatever they're doing, which is not game related, which is not game related. And oh, um, I, I'm going to do this. And often you have to point out why they can't do that. Well, I, I'm I'm going to take my horse and I'm going to charge. Okay, we're in the center of town. And your horse is in a stable. Oh, oh, when did that happen? Uh, <laughs> just yeah, when you stabled yeah. them. Yeah, when you stabled them. Oh, oh. Um, or they just don't, or they repeat what other people say. Oh yeah, I'm going to do that. That That's a good thing. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Or when they do contribute something, it's something that causes a disturbance to the flow of the game. Because they weren't paying attention to the flow of the game. They right. just, just like, well, uh, my character's in a, in a town or right, I'm going to go to the tavern. Right, we are on our way to, to the governors to have a meeting which is why we're in the town. Yeah, but yeah, but I want a beer. Yeah, I want to be drunk. Yeah, now I show up at the governor's. Now, now's not the time to go and get a get a beer. But my character really wants a beer. Yeah, it doesn't move the game forward at all. No. And and oftentimes it'll it'll bring it to a screeching halt. And when the game is brought to a screeching halt, then it's hard to pick that momentum up, especially if you have like a really good flow going. You know, there's character banter, there's there's planning, there's all these good things at the table that a, a, a DM wants to see. If it happens once, you kind of just shrug your shoulders, pull them aside. But at this point, you've already done that. This is something that happens repeatedly. Yes. And it's it's become a great disruption. And even the other players might come up and go, you, you need to do something about this. That's usually a pretty good indication. You need to do something about this. And yes. unfortunately, we're dealing with drastic measures here. And that's one of the one of the few things that really sucks about being a DM. Oftentimes that sort of thing falls to you to well, do. Well, you kind kind of are in charge. Yeah, your you know, your duties at within the managing the table part of the job description. Mm-hmm. Um that's something that kind of falls squarely underneath that category. And and it sucks. Yeah, like it or not, it's gotta be done and it's it unfortunately has to be done by you. Sorry, game masters. Time to put on your big boy pants or big girl pants and head on over there and go. Can I have a word with you over here? And ideally, um, this should be done before the se- after the session ends when everyone's gone. Maybe the next day, give them a call, have them over, but definitely before the next session. Start. Don't let them show up, sit down at the table, and go, uh, no, you need to pick up your stuff and leave. Yeah. That's embarrassing for them. Yeah, and you don't want to go that route. And you run the risk of, you know, them being disruptive exactly. because they're, you know, upset. And and understandably so. You know, they may have come from a game where that sort of behavior was appropriate or they may have picked up some bad habits that they are either um, unable or unwilling to shirk. Or they just simply are disinterested. They might be there on the behest of someone else. Yeah. You know, another friend brought them or something like that. Oh no, this guy's great. Okay. He's great. On the one-on-one or two-on-one, you know, games that you have in in your living room every once in a while. But now you're at a a real table with different people and the expectations are considerably different. And it's, it's easy to kind of get into a, 
carry those habits from an MMORPG or yeah. an MMO or video gaming along with you at, at the table. And we've brought that up before, but it, it's true. I see much more of that, that now, especially amongst the power gamers. Yeah. They just, sometimes they just don't fit well at the table because of the type of table that it is. And perhaps they've been at tables where they've played their uh, social game like D&D &D, much in the same way they play a video game on, on a console or a PC. It's possible. And again, it's, it's all for me and me for me, as opposed to the collaborative that's supposed to be there. And speaking of collaborative, what if they don't work well with the other characters? I've seen that so many times where... You have someone that's just, they just don't work well with the other characters. They may blend very well with the other players at the table, mm -hmm. but they, they, don't, they don't work well as a team with the other characters. And more often than not, it's because they, they're going to bring, bring in, again, that MMO mentality where I need to be the most powerful thing that's ever walked the face of this particular world. So they're going to they're gonna min-max their character. Uh, they're going to grab everything they can. Uh, they're going to hoard magic. They're going to start stacking abilities to make the most powerful and pay no attention to the need, the possible needs of the group to balance the group or the storyline whatsoever. They want to win. They want to win. D and D. Yeah. And, and, and that's most oftenly what I've seen when, when this particular point comes up, when they just, the character just refuses to get along with the rest of the characters finds yeah. an excuse to art, you know, to, well, uh, I'm not gonna do that because I don't believe in that one. And this one here, uh, gave, uh, uh told me a falsehood. Oh, they, they told you what they heard from somebody else. It turned out to be false. They didn't lie to you. No, no, they lied to me. I'm never going to believe anything they say again. And it blowed out the portion just to have an excuse not to get along with everybody else. And you, you see that sort of stuff all over the, the groups on Facebook. I see that quite a bit. I responded to one today where a DM who's relatively new is asking a question to those more experienced what do I, what do I do in this circumstance? You know, I have someone who's, who's been disruptive to the game and the other players are starting to get a little upset and the players are coming to the DM and saying, Hey, this, this has to stop. It's ruining my fun. Um, and into that, they don't work well with other characters and, and also with, with NPCs, you know, they are the oh, ones yeah. that are constantly abusive verbally or, or assaultive, and causing fights at the bars, causing fights at the general store when resupplying, causing this, causing that, stealing this, stealing that. Well, the, the murder hobo comes out. Yeah. You're supposed to be a pacifist druid. Uh, well, they did evil. What did they do? Uh, I was supposed overcharged to get one. me. Yeah, they overcharged me. So I'm going to kill them. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, your, your NPCs are pretty much fodder for these type of players. Yeah, and, and that, that causes problems. What's a DM to do? A DM can, of course, uh, bring in the local constabulary. They can, they can of course, put a, a much more powerful NPC in place and you know, give the character a good old-fashioned pasting. But it doesn't always, that doesn't always work. Sometimes they just don't work well. well with and you've characters. probably already done this. Yeah. Exactly that a couple of times. If and you've they, gotten to this point, they yeah. just don't get it. And part of that too is that brings up the next point. Let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor. You're a new DM who wants to jump behind the screen. Maybe you've been volunteered by your gaming group, but aren't quite ready. You've been watching people play games online or on podcasts, and you're thinking to yourself, 
Where do they come up with all that descriptive narrative? There's no way I can do that. Well, don't worry. We've got a solution for you. What if I were to tell you that I can put a team of professional writers alongside you at your desk while you're prepping your game? Sounds pretty good, huh? With Describe, we can do just that. These narratives vividly describe monsters, places, spells, people, you name it. It's there, and there are more than 6,000 of these easy-to-search-up, copy, and pasteable, beautifully written narratives right at your fingertips. Confidently read these narratives aloud in your campaign and impress noob and veteran gamer alike. And the best thing about it is, the library of narratives is constantly growing, and it's affordable. Describe has graciously provided us with a discount for our listeners. Head on over to describe.com backslash DMD. That's D-S-C-R-Y-B dot com backslash DMD. Use the code DMD at checkout to try Describe for two weeks for free. Links will be in the show notes. And now, back to the show. They start arguing with the game master about rulings and they, oh, well, you, he's a bartender. He can't possibly be that high level and that many hit points. Uh, you know, you're making stuff. Um, I don't have to explain that to you. Right. I, I don't. Uh, but they, they are arguing every point with the game master, whether it's rulings or spell effects or something. And any part of the story that you have, well, I don't see how that could be. And that, that slows down gameplay. It sucks the fun out of the experience for everybody at the table. It, and it's just, it, it's unnecessary. You can, you can of course, ask or, or argue a point with, with the DM. And I have, a, I have an open screen policy where if people want to step behind the screen and, and Bill's, Bill's looking at me, I know how he feels about screens. My screen is a psionic screen, by the way, and I love it because it's psionic. Psionic screen, huh? Yes, you should get one. Um, and and argue a point. You can certainly argue argue your point. Just don't do it at the gaming table and slow everything up for the rest of the players. It, it's even worse when they try to get other players involved along with it. Yes, it tries to draw them in as well. Now you know it's like ah, because eventually they're going to bait somebody into it. Yep. And now you're dealing with two of them, and now he feels vindicated because yeah, they agree. The other four or five people at the table, or how many member, may not agree, but that's okay. One person did, and that just slows it down even more. And that leads us into our next point. They're being disruptive. And not necessarily in the arguments. They're just not paying attention to anything that's going on. It's their initiative. Uh, I'm going to get up and get some snacks. Yep. Dude, it's your initiative. Yeah, I'll be right back. Yeah, just, just relax for a bit. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. bother me, so it shouldn't bother you. Phone's ringing. Or texting. Yeah, or they're arguing with other players over yep. something. They're they're table captaining. They're they're just they're showing up chronically late without a phone call. It's you know, I think that there's there should be an expectation that life will get in the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially especially with, with adults with jobs and family responsibilities and stuff like that. Um but consistent tardiness unless it's it's said up front you know i i don't i I can't make it until like quarter after the starting time because of work and travel time well okay that's that's all right but the one that bothers me even more is when they get a text or a phone call you got an hour left of gaming of a three-hour session oh i gotta go and they pick up and pack up and leave repeatedly yeah it's like, uh, dude, you know we play to this. You said you can stay all night. Oh, yeah, something came up. Yeah, why Why are you even here? Because now you just put, you slam the brakes on. 
because now you're into you hopefully into some kind of flow and they're you know it you're in the middle of a big combat well now you got to stop where you are or try to work around the fact that this character who yeah. may be actually the the character may actually be fairly instrumental somewhere even though if the player is not paying attention the character might is still instrumental somehow maybe the the player or the game master is trying to work them in find a way to to you know get them involved great got a perfect plot hook this will get them in nope oh uh, yeah i got a text i gotta go or and i know i i do this quite a bit is i will i will add a character specific story arc so it's like if if this session is is your moment yeah your turn for the spotlight and you know you you botch it you bail yeah that that's upsetting you know because what that does is it slows down the gameplay it delays other characters having having their moment in the spotlight and that's unfair to the to the players because there's I mean there's a commitment when you decide that you're going to join a game well yeah and there's yeah, there's commitments from everybody else at the table to other players. Absolutely. Uh, the game master spent a lot of time prepping. Hopefully you have anyway. They've they've written out a campaign or they've they've studied one of the retail adventures and they got everything all ready. And then you're you're late or you leave early, or it's a combination of both, and you do that habitually. Well, you never know either. You you like you said, you set them up for their spotlight, and that may have filtered over from a previous player character who's in is partially involved. I would assume at this point, they've been at the table for a while. You've made multiple attempts to weave them into the story. Cause this isn't just time one or two. This, this is multiple times and, and a, a decent period of, of playing has gone by. So you've, you're affecting quite likely the person, the person's story that preceded yours. And yours is a setup for the next person. Yeah, for their turn for a spotlight. Linked. They're all linked, and and hopefully, if you write well, they are. So now you've kind of like just put this giant wall up in the entire theme of the of the scenario. Because if you're not there to participate for your spotlight, you're not the setup isn't going or is less likely to be there for the next person's spotlight. My my personal favorite, the one I I dislike the most is the reluctant hero the reluctant hero taken too far yeah where i i don't want to go i just don't want to go i don't want to do that i don't want to leave my comfortable like farm or or you, you know stop working for my parents at their at their general store or tavern or stables or whatever it's a nice easy comfortable life i don't want to go i don't want to be a hero and that's great for Maybe the first session or two, but I mean, y'all got to understand too. This is a you're here to adventure, or they start and they use every excuse to pull a crazy Ivan. Yep, and head off story. Well, uh, uh, we need this. No, actually, you don't. No, I think we do. Come on, everyone, let's let's go here and let's go here and let's go here, and they keep peeling off the and, and it's going to happen once in a while. But when they repeatedly, like you said, be the the hero, the, the hero that does not want to be a hero and is going to find every excuse they can not to be the hero, but wants all the stuff the hero gets. Yeah, I want the money, I want the the power, I I want the magic the items, fame. I want the fame, I want I just don't want to do the heroic thing. Yeah, that earns me all those things. Just 
yeah, I'm in a suit of armor, so you need to give me this stuff because, you know, I'm going to go to the tavern and tell everyone what a great hero I am, even though I haven't done anything heroic. I, I remember at one of our week longs, we were on, I think it was probably midweek, we're on this, in this adventure, and, and I was running, and I think Lou was at, at the table. And it was the first uh, first campaign we ran, the one that ran like seven years. And one of the players had, had started a a uh, like swordsmanship school and they were on a, uh, a save the world kind of adventure. And that character had stopped in town and was like handing out flyers. You know, uh, there was a sense of urgency that was built that you have to, you have to really like step on it. You're, you're up against the clock. You got to beat the clock. You're passing through this town. Just grab a little, uh, uh, you know, grab some water, grab some supplies, you know, a, a new weapon. If yours is tinged and then we're right back out of here. Yeah, and and players at the table were were reminding them that hey, you know, time is of the essence. We don't we don't have time for marketing. Yeah, I'm just going to take time to post one of these at every intersection we go through. <laughs> it's like why? Yeah, it's does it is now the right time? Yeah, do do it on the way back, and then there's the the one that. Kind of rank, I'm sure wrinkles the two of us pretty well. They don't vibe well with the other players or the game master. Yeah, I, I've seen that more than my fair share of times. The vibe is is everything, right? You you come into a group of gamers. I mean, we're gamers. Everybody's quirky. Yeah, they have those little. <laughs> it's, it's a first requirement on the on the application. Yeah. They got these little nerdy things about them. Mm-hmm. There's constant arguments at the table over this, that, or the other thing. Characters arguing with characters. Players arguing with players. They just don't, they don't fit the, the culture of your group. They might be great role players. They might be great yeah. gamers. But their flavor is completely different than what has been developed or is in the process of developing at your table. And they start veering away. Uh, you may have a, uh, a, a more combat-oriented group that likes the sword fights and the, the, the epic battles, and then you have this one player that, I want to set up a castle. And I want to hire some help. Uh, let's, let's, let's make sure we have enough horses for the stable. They want to do some housekeeping. Yeah. You know, and that, if you want to play house, if you want to play house, that's fine. And if that's what the table wants to do, Maybe for a session, maybe two, to so have a, a base of operations and everything's all done. But when it's repeatedly, well, why do, we don't need to go there. We can just go to town and buy it. Okay, number one, you don't have any money. Oh, well, in that case, I'm going to set up an orchard and I'm going to set up this and I'm going to set up. And it's like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, and and that's that's something I think GMs really need to kind of vet their players. And... And I know that can sound a little like gatekeeping, and I guess to some extent it is, but um, I think it's important to let a player who's coming in from the outside know this is, you know, this is the GMing style. Come on over and hang out with us, you know, sit off to the side, watch, watch how the, you know, the campaign is run, watch how the, the, the players' personalities are, and then, and then decide if that's, it's really a good fit for you, you know, put the ball in their court. And we've done it. And I've done that for quite some time where brand new players coming out of the outside 
they had to sit and watch at least twice. And they'll usually sit them next to the right behind the game master, myself, or alongside. Got any questions asked? You know things like that. So as the the players are interacting, I can take a moment, lean back. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? You know, and and get a feel as we go, because with a dialogue that's going. Little here, little there. You take those snippets, you add it together, and you usually get a pretty good feel fairly quickly about. Oh, yeah. you know, gee, I don't know why they're not doing this, and why aren't they doing? It? You know, oh, gee, they do that. They do that an awful lot. Then you, okay, I'll, I'll add that to the other little snippets and see what kind of direction I think this particular player is going. And if they don't vibe well with the other players, the DM, or even the play style, the the style of the DM that runs. And every DM has a different a different style. It doesn't necessarily Absolutely. mean that one is better than the other. I've I've enjoyed I've enjoyed games at your table. I've mm-hmm. I've enjoyed games at Lou's table when he when he's run them and um, other individuals in our group like Tom or Matt, all, all very different from the way I run a game. Very, very different. But you can still enjoy the game with these different different GMing styles, but that you have to you have to vibe with it. Yes. Like I I can yeah, I think I could have a good time at this table. And I always like to preface a, an invitation to a new player with if after like the first session or two that you're sitting in you you decide it's not for you, you're not gonna hurt my feelings. You know, it just isn't for you. Yeah, you know, absolutely. But, but, but tell me so that we can you know, we could part ways amicably. And it doesn't become an issue later on. Right. Where, where we, now we're going through this list of reasons and ways and possibly things that precipitate you having to kick a player off. Yeah, it avoids a lot of hard feelings. And and you can you can nip all these in the bud by just making sure that they vibe well. I think that's probably the most important one on the list is how well they vibe. Right. And like I said, as we did already you know, mentioned there's ways to, to do this. You can go to their table. Yeah. Watch them play. If, if you can find, Hey, you know, you want to join table too. You play in, Oh yeah. I play on Thursday nights. at you know, at so-and-so's place. Hey, can I drop in and watch most players and game master goes, yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and, and I, they, I hope, I hope most players or game masters I, will, yep. will be open and welcoming to other players from outside because that, that's that's how I grew up on the game. Just, you know, I could still bump into people that I knew 30 years ago from the gaming shops, and mm-hmm. their their first question is, hey, man, do you still game? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so I was working in my store, and I look up, and I see Sean from the Dragon's Lair. Mark. He, or Mark. I'm thinking of the previous one. Start again. Number four. Here we go. <laughs> well, I thought Sean, because <laughs> actually Sean bought it from Mark, but... We'll get into that in a moment. I, I look up and like, uh, Mark, you know, is he, you're Mark from Dragon's Lair, right? Yeah, he was, you look familiar and introduced myself. And we had a nice little 15, 20 minute, you know, dive right into the, the nostalgia pool. And it's like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Oh, yeah, I used to run this and you used to run that. And so it, it was, it's cool because I mean, that was 40 something. It was a long, long time 40 ago. 40 plus years yeah. ago. Uh, and then I, I'm a scout leader and I'll, bump into the scouts and one of the scout masters in a neighboring town bought the dragon's lair from Mark and I said, Sean, I say, Hey Sean, how you doing? So I talked to him and you know, do you still game? You, like I said, the first thing out of your, out of their mouth. It's like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Do they? Uh, he does. Yes. How about Mark? Mark does not. He's, that's well, shame. no, he's, he actually, he does still game. He, he just, he does obviously doesn't have a shop. He's like retired, but I'm pretty sure he said he still games. 
you know, like you're right. These are people you, you bumped into for me decades ago. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you still have that, that commonality, which is, is really nice. Yeah. The community is much bigger today than it was when, when we were coming up with a game. And so that's, that's where we went. We didn't have things like fantasy grounds and stuff. We didn't, well, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the internet. Um, and, And computers didn't do close to what they did. They do now. So we had to show up in person. So you never wanted to just burn bridges. No, no. You know, because you're going to bump into these people. At some point in time, you're going to be looking for a table on another night of the week, you know, or you were going to get an invitation to another guy's table. And it may be that guy that, you know, didn't vibe well with your group, but is still welcoming to you because you were you were good and you were gracious about extending the invitation and having that that transparency with them. Absolutely. So it all boils down to the vibe, but the vibe doesn't necessarily mean it's going to end disastrously. Right. It it just may be, eh, it's not, you know, this table really isn't my thing. It just needs to end. And we've, and we've had people like that at our table. It's like, we have. it's just not really, really me. And it's like, dude, that's totally cool. You know, I wish, you know, I, I hope you find a table that really does vibe with you. Yep. But you're always welcome to come back, even if it is just to shoot the breeze and, you know, and talk for a while. Yeah. They said it, it, sometimes it borders on gatekeeping, but the gate's always open. Yeah. It's never locked. No. It shouldn't be anyway. Yeah. Just give it a push. And that's five signs. It's time to kick a player from the table. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo, or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you, and have a good day.